Well, hello! Welcome to a very special episode of Between the Lines of the Podcast. As I alluded to in last week's episode, I'm happy to announce a new addition to the podcast. That's right, it's Mo. The people have spoken, and Mo and I put our heads together to come up with a way to get him involved in the show on a more regular basis. And after some heated contract negotiations, mostly regarding his compensation, our agents have made it happen. I caved in on the whole 401k matching program, which seemed to be the main sticking point for Mo. But I think it will be worth it in the long run. So, beginning today, there will be a new, semi-regular at least, segment on Between the Lines called Gimme Mo." Eventually, it will probably land right before the good news segment or who knows where. But I thought it would be the right thing to do to give the Gimme Mo" debut its very own episode. Actually, that was something that Mo's agent insisted upon, but either way, uh, it's going to be awesome. The concept is pretty simple. Gimme Mo will be a platform for Mo to talk about, well, whatever he wants to talk about, really. But the idea is that the topics Mo chooses will be related to some issue he's facing or has faced in his recovery. The truth is, everything in our lives is, in one way or another, related to our recovery. So, that means the door's wide open for Mo to go wherever he wants with this, and... That's what makes it so great, I think. Or maybe a little scary. I don't know. We'll see. Long story short, the Gimme Mo segment, along with just about everything I do in the podcast, is part of the 12th step of recovery. If you aren't familiar with the steps, essentially what the 12th step says is that having had a spiritual awakening as a result of the first 11 steps... We should try then to spread that message to other addicts and alcoholics who are still suffering or who are in early recovery, and we should try to practice the principles of those first 11 steps in everything we do in our daily lives. Basically, it's the pay it forward step. But the purpose of the 12th step is twofold, I think. Obviously, it's main purpose is to provide hope and guidance to other addicts and alcoholics. But working the 12th step fuels our recovery just as much as it does for the newcomer. It gives us newfound purpose, uh, it helps us replenish our self-worth, and most of all, it gives us one more reason to keep doing what we're doing, to stay on the right path. What I'm saying is, give me Mo is just as much for me and for Mo as it is for all of you. It's a classic win-win-win situation, if you will. All right, that was a lot. Too much introduction, probably. So let's just get to the much, much anticipated debut of Gimme Mo. What's up, Mo? How you feeling today? Doing real well, thanks. Good to see you. Good to talk with you again. Good to be here. Awesome. I'm glad to have you back here. 
um, after just a couple of short weeks. Uh, but before we, before I let you get started uh, on your very first Gimme Mo, uh, have you have you gotten any feedback from people in your life about uh, about your interview in, in episode twenty three? Oh, lots of good feedback. I mean, a lot of people listened to it and passed it on to other people and nothing but rave reviews. They said it was great. And um, they said, yeah, hey, man, you maybe got a career in this kind of stuff. <laughs> well, it turns out you do. Uh, <laughs> there uh, I am. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you are you nervous about about uh, doing your first installment of Gimme Mo here? Your, your palms a little cl- clammy? Oh yeah, for sure. I I still get butterflies, and uh, now that I'm sober, it's actually exciting, and I'm enjoying it more. I'm I'm more comfortable being uncomfortable in my sobriety, whereas I've always felt like I had to have a drink to do anything like this. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just gonna ask. So be honest, you, did you have a couple of drinks just to get the edge <laughs> off today? Heck no, no way. Right. Five, Good for you. I'm hammered. I'm I'm hammered. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. Before we waste any of this good the good content here, I think we're ready to go. Uh, what are you going to talk about in this very first episode of uh, Give Me Mo? Yeah. Well, since this is the first episode, I thought I'd go back into the beginning of my sobriety um, when I first went to my first meeting my first AA meeting and when I first told my family and my people in my inner circle about me choosing sobriety and uh starting that path up the mountain of sobriety you know perfect that sounds like a perfect first first go at gimme mo all right mo let it flow let it flow yeah so um thinking back it was such a blur in the beginning uh because i initially my my first reasons to go into aa was because i knew i had to go face a judge since i had gotten my third dui and uh i was told by my lawyer it'd be a good idea if you jumped in there now and it would look good for the judge and uh i really didn't want to go i was reluctant um it took me like a month and a half to go to my first meeting after my lawyer suggested that and uh I'm just a really private person I don't like speaking or having the spotlight on me and big groups of people Uh, I really enjoy one-on-one because I know usually know the person I'm talking with and uh I think even more so when it's one-on-one I could manipulate the conversation better (laughs) but um uh it was hard for me i i'm not a big attention person i'm more of a wallflower when i was even when as a drinker i like to lean up against the wall and watch the party you know and watch like people watch and uh not really be in the middle of everything and uh so you know going to my first meeting um i was pretty quiet uh but it was I, I, it was amazing because I could hear my thoughts come out of other people's mouths. I could hear what I was thinking all through my alcoholism in the beginning of my alcoholism, in the middle of it and towards the end, I heard things come out of their mouths. I heard it in their words, exactly, exactly how I felt, um, exactly things that I would tell myself or talk to myself about. 
Um, it was a small meeting. It was only about 10 or 12 people, but I couldn't believe how much I related to these people. It was like they heard me talking to myself and were playing this joke on me and telling me the exact same things that I was telling myself. So right away, I knew that it was right where I needed to be. And it was I was lucky because it was a meeting that I really liked. Um, I know it's not usual, I think, for everybody to their first meeting they go to, they love it and they love the people in it. it all, and meetings can be very different. They're all the same in certain ways, but they're very different too. Um, as different as this, the, the name of the group, you know, I, I ended up going to a group called the hole in the donut and uh, it comes from the 12 and 12 and um, it just, it's, it was at six forty-five in the morning and I started, I went to that meeting because I wanted to get it over with. So I didn't go because uh, I'm like, oh, I'm an early bird. I want to start early and get there. And, um, and I, I went because I wanted to go to the meeting, get it over with. And I was really lucky. I, I know that I was lucky. I found a great meeting that I felt comfortable in. I met some people right away, which is typical. That is a typical thing for a meeting is when you're new people come up and say hello and they kind of ask how you're doing and you know what not they don't ask why you're there they just want you to feel welcome and that was after the meeting that I was I started to meet a few people and as it I already heard them speak my thoughts and I felt so comfortable talking to them and um it was almost like instant friendships, which is really crazy for me. I'm a, I'm a little older. Um, I don't have many opportunities to meet new friends in my life these days. Um, so it was weird to have these friendships coming out of nowhere and, and really want them. And, you know, I was, I was scared shitless because of having to face the judge and maybe face jail time and, it was it definitely helped me not drink because technically I wasn't allowed to, um, but quickly and almost immediately, I knew it helped me want to not drink right away. And I had been battling my alcoholism for a good five or eight years, maybe even longer than that. I was trying to control my drinking to have one drink after work instead of, or just one beer after work. Um, and I could do it once in a while, but if I did, if I went home after work and had one beer, then ate food and that was it. The next day I would get home from work and I would congratulate myself and reward myself with 20 fucking beers instead of just the normal eight or 10 that I would have. Um, so, um, I, I did a lot of research on my own without going to meetings, without, um, you know, any help. I was trying to do it on my own and I just couldn't, but it made no sense to me. And it still makes no sense to me now. I don't know how someone has just a drink or a beer. What's the point? I mean, if you're going to drink, why not get drunk? Why not get the buzz on? Why not get tore up and loose and crazy and let the comedy flow and do crazy things. I mean, that's what drinking was for me. It was never 
you know, I didn't really drink for flavor. I didn't care what it tasted like. I drank because I wanted the feeling of being drunk because being drunk gave me confidence. You know, there's that liquid courage. Um, being drunk made me, it made, I, I thought that I needed to be drunk to be funny. I thought that I needed to be drunk to be open with people and to meet people and uh, be, you know, just be comfortable. It was, it was never about like, mm, this tastes good. I want to have another one. Like, you know, when you have a handful of M&Ms, you want another handful of M&Ms because that's what chocolate does to you. But, um, you know, when I got to AA, I was reluctant in the meeting, the first meeting, but I looked forward to the second meeting right after. I, I knew that it was where I needed to be. And that's something I've said over and over again in my 538 days that of, of my sobriety. I, I continually say in my shares, whether it's people that I've talked with over and over or, or new people that are in the group is, I know that that's exactly where I need to be. It's exactly where I want to be. Um, and it's going to be a part of my life forever because um, it's so important. And I get such a good feeling from it. I get goosebumps in meetings all the time. And uh, I used to think I needed to drink to get goosebumps. And it's such a great feeling to not need that and not feel like that. But um, and the other thing I share all the time, too, especially when I chair a meeting, um, I chair meetings every Thursday at the hole in the donut. And I say to everybody, thank you so much for your shares because I hear my thoughts in your words. And it's such a huge thing. It's so powerful to know that I'm not alone. I'm, it's so powerful to know that I have people that are really close to me that are, we're on this same journey but on our own paths, you know, we have our own version of sobriety. We have our own version of our higher power. We have our own pace that we're going um, towards this mountaintop of sobriety. And each day is a new mountaintop. Each 30 days is a new mountaintop each month, each six months, you know, I mean, I'm going to, I have 18 months coming up in a few days here, a couple, a couple weeks or so. And, it, it's enormous mountaintops to achieve. And, you know, in the beginning when I was uh, just getting going and I'd hear people that are a year sober or five years or 10, or there was a woman who has 33 years of sobriety and, you know, people congratulated me for getting three days or five days or seven days. And I always thought, well, God, it's nothing compared to these other people, but the longer you stay sober, the more, or you realize how huge each day is in the beginning and how your first week is so huge and your first 30 days is this giant mountaintop. It's so hard to get to. It's a, it might not be really high, but it's like, it's a steep climb if you want to think of it metaphorically that way. And it, that's why people congratulate you so much when you get those early achievements those early peaks that you climb with you know it's it's an amazing thing and uh you know uh i'm so proud and so happy for the people that reach those early stages and i see the exact same look in their eyes that i felt 
when people were saying congratulations to me in my early days. And uh, I, I really, there's so much to be grateful for um, that saying, you know, to have an attitude of gratitude. And when you're in this group of people for an hour each day, whether it's at 6.45 a.m. or 6.45 p.m. or any time in between, any time after that, to share that gratitude with somebody is the power of it. That's where, that's where it's, you're not literally holding hands on the, on your own path or locked in arm in arm on your path, but it's like you're together going down this really rough road. And, you know, when it's the, when it's really easy, then you're there to help other people on their path. And when you're struggling, they're there helping you with your struggle on the path. And it's such an amazing shared experience that yet you still get to go on your own, at your own pace, your own way. There's no right or wrong way to do sobriety. All it is is choosing to be sober and knowing that there are people there that when you want a drink, all you got to do is call them and say, hey, I want a drink but I really don't want to help me not have a drink. And they're so excited to help you. And they're, I mean, nearly everybody I've ever asked help for will drop whatever they're doing and be there for me. And, um, you know, that's really the power of the group. And each day I went, the more that I went, the first 90 meetings in 90 days, um, it just, solidifies it more and more and it builds your strength more and more and lucky for me it was my time I was lucky that it just was my time I know a lot of people have relapses and I know that's a part of it and what's great about AA is that there's no number of relapses you get and then you're not allowed anymore we want all of us to achieve sobriety that's the main thing because there's such happiness in gaining sobriety that it, it hurts to see someone relapse but there's no closing the door off to anybody ever you always can come back and that is there's not many groups like that in the world that are going to do that for you and the more you struggle the more people want to cheer for you and you know that's what you get when you keep going um there's a big saying you know a lot of newbies that are reluctant, you know, attendees, they're like, you hear it a lot. It's, it's crazy how often you hear it, but they'll say, you know, when will I not have to go to AA anymore? And right away, anybody who's been sober for a while and the longer they've been sober are quick to say, you stop having to go when you start wanting to go. And that's truly what happens. You realize how much you want to be there because it makes you feel so great. And it makes you want to be sober. It makes you want to keep on this path. And um, it's never just easy. There are hard times. There are struggles. Um, but it definitely gets to the point where you think of being sober more than you think of drinking. And that is a monumental thing for me to say out loud because I never, never expected that. I was going to AA just to look good and I was going to stop going as soon as I got out of trouble. And now I know 
it's always going to be a part of my life. This path of sobriety never ends. The only thing that ends is the actual drinking or doing drugs. That's the only thing that ends. Everything else is forever. The being on the path of sobriety, the journey lasts throughout your life. And the, what you, what's surprising is that you love the journey. You get to love each day of the journey. It's, there's not like, I, can I get to this point? There's no graduating. It's a lifetime thing. It never ends. And um, in the beginning, it feels like you wanna get to an end point. But the longer you're, so, you're sober, the more you want to stay on that journey, because the longer you're on the journey, the longer you're alive. And that is such a key, key thing to tell yourself is that you don't want to die anymore. You don't want things to be over. You want life to go on. You want the goosebumps of every day to happen, like the goosebumps you get in a magical moment. You crave those goosebumps and they only come when you're sober. You don't get those goosebumps when you're high. Those are dulled away. They're worn off. They're gone. And I love goosebumps. I really do. That's a great part of life. Um, it's a natural high. And it's it's a I get goosebumps and it makes me want to hug somebody. It makes me want to hug people when they do their share. And their share gives me goosebumps. Um, and you get to hug them. You can you can stand up and hug them right during the meeting, or you can wait till the end of the meeting, which is what I tend to do because I don't want to hog the spotlight. I, I wait till the end and I go up and I tell them, I say, man, what an amazing share. I've thought those words so many times and it was amazing how you described your your experience. And I gotta hug you. You know, I want to hug you and tell you I have a great day. And it's a magical thing you know, to find this path and to find people and share, uh, share this goosebump path that you get to go to towards the end um, of your abuse. You know, you get done with your abuse and then you're on this path to sobriety. And, you know, it's, I live in the mountains of Colorado, so I see mountaintops all the time. And it's amazing to know that you get to a mountaintop and then you see more mountaintops that are the rest of your life and you get to keep going towards them on and on. And, you know, it's an amazing thing. And um, I know I say amazing a lot and it's only because it's true. It's, a, it's, it's what life is become. I, I had no more amazing things in my life in the last five or eight years of my drinking career. And now that I'm retired, I'm on a whole new book of life. It's not a new chapter. It's a new book. And, uh, Maybe it's called the goosebumps of life. I don't know, but uh, I'm happy to be on it. I'm happy to still be a part of AA. I, I don't go every day. I definitely go once or twice a week. And sometimes I go more. Um, and if I miss a week, that's fine too. I usually end up texting a buddy from AA or going to lunch with them and, you know, catching up that way. And I just know it's going to be a part of my life for the rest of my life. And, uh, I, these people, they're my people now. And I'm really, I couldn't be happier to have all these new friends in my life. And, uh, you know, I think that's uh, the biggest thing I'm grateful for. And uh, I love that they remind me to keep an attitude of gratitude and uh, what a life.
you know it's great to be alive <laughs> so thanks everybody wow uh <laughs> thank you mo you nailed it as uh, i expected and i'm sure as everyone else expected um and also what a important lesson that was for me um it's like a personal uh character defect of mine or a little a demon that i deal with that, that uh i don't listen enough and i talk too much and um it was impossible nearly impossible i suppose i did make it happen to not chime in uh along the way it was killing me and uh and man did i just learn um how much more I can learn if I just close my mouth and uh, use my ears. Um, so that was amazing. And uh, God, you just hit it all on the head. It was like, it felt like, again, I felt like you were um, saying my thoughts. Like we were in a little meeting of two there, Mo. Anyway, if anyone else out there also was enjoying it as much as I was and was learning as much as I was, please make sure you rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're using to listen to it. And um, that really helps. So uh, the more you uh, get on there and click those five stars, the more people will listen. And um, the bigger the audience, the bigger the impact. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, Also, if there are any topics that you'd like to hear Mo address on future installments of Gimme Mo, or if you just have a question for Mo, we could do like an Ask Mo segment. um, Please drop me a note at between the lines memoir at gmail.com i'll see what i can do i'll have my agent talk to mo's agent we'll work it out anyway thanks to each and every one of you for listening today and in the wise wise words of my uncle dave keep it simple be humble and hope for the best see ya